there, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And on this episode, we are talking about Spongebob. I know, the popular long-running show we all know as Spongebob Squarepants. We haven't talked too much about this show before. I know we've had a trivia question about it, I think. Yeah, about what was his original name? It was Spongeboy. So we'll be going into that a little bit more about the history of Spongebob and how it came to be. But first, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was, what was the first stop-motion film made by Disney? It was Noah's Ark, and it was released in 1959. And not to be confused with a Disney Silly Symphony cartoon called Father's Noah's Ark from 1933. It was one of the many voice roles for Disney legend and famous voice actor, the late and great Thurl Ravenscroft. What else did he work on? He was famous for a lot of things, like many other Disney voices. But he was also famous for being the original voice of Tony the Tiger in the Frosted Flakes commercials in the 1950s as well as doing the iconic original You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song from the original Grinch cartoon. Well, sounds like he was a great voice actor. Good one. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so that was the answer to last week's trivia question. Stick around to the end of the episode for this episode's trivia question. But for now, let's get going on our feature presentation. So, we all know Spongebob as that literal sponge who lives in a pineapple under the sea. And we all know the iconic, catchy theme song. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Spongebob Absorbent and yellow and porous is he. Spongebob Squarepants. If not a nonsense, be something you wish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. I think about a month ago, we did an episode on Annoying Orange, and I would say that Spongebob in some ways was my generation's Annoying Orange. It was created by Steven Hillenberg, who was a marine biologist. In 1999. It's, it's inter- his story is interesting because he studied marine biology in school. Art was kind of the thing he did on the side, and he initially worked for the, I believe it's called the Ocean Institute in California. And he was in charge of entertainment and marketing there. And in fact, he actually created this comic series while there for like educational materials. And these comics featured sea creatures that actually bear a lot of resemblance to characters that would later become SpongeBob, Squidward, Patrick, etc., etc. Interesting. I didn't know that. And the way he got into animation, he actually decided after doing that for a few years, uh, working at the Institute for a few years, he went back to school to study animation. And he was discovered by the creator of what's that show called? Rocco and Rocco's Modern Life. That's the show. Went to work for Nickelodeon. (laughs) Right. So he went to work on Rocco's Modern Life and Gradually over time, he rose up the ranks and eventually uh, somebody he worked with basically asking him, why don't you do your own show? Because I guess this person had, I don't know how, but they somehow discovered this comic book series that he had made at the Institute. And they said, why don't you make a show based off of that? And so he thought that was a great idea. And he went to 
some executives at Nickelodeon pitched the show and they loved it. And that's how we got SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, who originally the title character's name was SpongeBoy. And why did they change that name? They, because trademark, probably because of name of a mop brand, and the name of the show was going to be called SpongeBoy Ahoy. And I think there was also somebody else had a character named SpongeBoy in a different thing. So they decided to change the name just to protect themselves. And actually, it's fitting because in that original comic series that Hillenberg worked on, there was like an announcer character whose name was Bob the Sponge. But at the time, it wasn't a, an actual kitchen sponge. It was a sea sponge. I see what you're saying. Interesting. So tell us about the cast of characters on this show. SpongeBob Squarepants, of course, who's the star, lives in a pineapple under the sea. And he has a pet snail named Gary who goes, meow. <laughs> uh-huh. Loves jellyfishing. And he also loves working at a McDonald's-like fast food restaurant called the Krusty Krab. One thing I want to say about Gary is that kind of fitting with what we were talking about with Wallace and Gromit last week, that Gary doesn't talk. He does say meow, but he the show definitely establishes that he's a lot smarter than SpongeBob. Interesting. And then, of course, SpongeBob's dim-witted, not-too-bright, chubby best friend, Patrick Starr, a pink starfish, who's very funny, I know, and... Not the brightest or the sharpest, but one of the most lovable. And they get into all sorts of hijinks. Not really out of any malicious intent. It's just that they're so oblivious or so dumb that they don't realize that they are annoying people or being dumb. Like there's one episode I remember where Patrick gets a job at the Krusty Krab and he's sitting at the cash register taking phone calls from people. So people are calling and saying, Hello, is this the Krusty Krab? And he keeps saying, no, this is Patrick and hanging That's up on them. That's internet meme. Yes. But we should talk about that, actually. Actually, you know what? Let's let's make that a word of the day. It's time for word of the day. New words. You can say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day. So we are going to be talking about memes because SpongeBob has really become a huge resource for different memes. So what is a meme? An internet meme, like something that starts off as a little thing and then when lots of people see it, it becomes viral and famous. Right. So you'll see it's sometimes it can be like an image that's taken or a still image from a show that's taken and then repurposed to say something humorous or, or whatever for different situations. SpongeBob definitely has a lot of memes that you'll see around just to describe different situations or put a humorous spin on it, something topical. Yeah, now back to the characters of the show. Now we're gonna talk about Squidward, this very irritable octopus. While SpongeBob lives in a pineapple and Patrick lives underneath a rock, Squidward lives in a Moai, an Easter Island head. And he likes practicing his clarinet, and he likes... Although he's, he's not very good at it. I know, he tries to get good, but he only gets worse, and he's considered Spongebob's frenemy. He likes Spongebob, and he doesn't, because Spongebob constantly annoys him, and so does Patrick. <laughs> and Squidward, I know, him and Spongebob work at the Krusty Krab, and even though his name is Squidward, he's actually an octopus. Yeah, a bit misleading there. And Squidward kind of fancies himself as this like high culture, sophisticated, artistic person. He paints, he plays music, 
And so he thinks he's like, he's above it all, you know, but the thing is, he's not very good at anything that he does. And so like he works at the Krusty Krab and he just doesn't care about it at all. And SpongeBob is always trying to include him on, on his antics and on his activities and trying to have fun with him. And Squidward just will have none of it. And Squidward gets easily angered a lot. <laughs> yes. I know. And then there's also one of the main characters and wealthy man, Mr. Eugene H. Krabs, better known as Mr. Krabs. Right. And he's miserly, to say the least. Even though he's the head of the Krusty Krab, he's also not too bright, not very smart. And he's also kind of greedy because he's really obsessed with money. And his daughter is Pearl who's a whale the show never explains how why a crab has a whale for a daughter but eh, it doesn't matter mr crab's rival who lives in the chum bucket not too far away is the show's primary villain whose name is sheldon j plankton better known as plankton he's evil because nobody goes to his restaurant and he his biggest goal that he wants to achieve but never succeeds at is stealing the top secret crabby patty formula well, I, I wouldn't say that he's evil per se. He definitely has a Napoleon complex because he's literally a plankton. Uh, so he's very, very tiny. And there are some episodes with him that focus on him. And he's not a bad guy per se. He's just in this bitter rivalry with Mr. Krabs. And he's always trying to get ahead. It, I don't know. It's In some ways, he reminds me of Gru from Despicable Me. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Some Although sometimes, though, he's a good guy or neutral character, despite mostly being a villain. Exactly. Although sometimes he's SpongeBob's enemy, but sometimes he's frenemy, like occasionally half good, half bad. There's a very famous episode where SpongeBob and Plankton hang out for a day, basically. Fun, like F is for friends who do stuff <laughs> together. And then that's what SpongeBob says, like things that are fun related. But Plankton says F is for fire, U is for uranium bombs, and is for no survival. That's not <laughs> what fun's about. That's what evil things are about. Exactly. That was one of my favorite episodes as a kid when I saw that. And we're going to talk about Sandy Cheeks. She's a, a land squirrel from Texas, and she lives in a tree dome, and she wears a a suit with a helmet with a flower on it. And the, and she also has a famous song because there's one episode where she's homesick for Texas and she sings about that and that rallies the rest of the citizens of Bikini Bottom to throw a party for her with all her favorite things from from Texas. And I one image I remember, one joke I remember is they have a barbecue, which is literally the letter Q. It's like some kind of plant, and it's got like barbs on it. So it's a barbecue. I get it. Funny. And Mrs. Puff, SpongeBob's boating school teacher, and SpongeBob wants to get a driver's license. And no, Mrs. Puff, she's a blowfish. And the thing about SpongeBob is that he's a terrible driver, so he can never get his license, and so he's constantly tormenting Mrs. Puff who, as her duty as a, as a boating school teacher, she has to teach him, but he just doesn't get better. And also characters like Larry the Lobster, the lifeguard from the beach, Goo Lagoon, which is funny because it's an ocean in an ocean. Yes, the, the physics of it don't make any sense. There's a lot about the show that doesn't make sense. It's interesting because the show was derived from Hillenburg's love for the sea. Like, obviously, he studied marine biology. He worked at an institute studying the ocean. And But they do 
play it loose with the way the ocean works. I see. And don't forget superhero duo Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy were voiced by the late Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway, respectively. Yeah, and they played the kind of like superheroes of the show. Although they're kind of way past their prime at this point. It's kind of like... Kind of semi-retired. Right. They're like a parody of the original Batman and Robin. And they're also supposed to be referenced to McHale's Navy that starred Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway. And Mermaid Man, one of his famous lines that he's always saying, when there's a villain afoot or something bad happening, he'll shout, Evil! I remember that, yeah. Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway were good actors. Everyone on this show's great. I mean, the voice for SpongeBob, he's been working on this for 20 years now, I think. And he has just such a distinctive voice that you hear it and you immediately recognize it as SpongeBob. I see what you're saying. Like the first years of SpongeBob, when it first debuted, it wasn't as big or as popular like it became a couple of few years later. Well, actually, it was extremely popular when it first came out. And it was a huge, huge success from the get-go. And there really wasn't a show like it. And actually something I read recently. So most shows, the scripts are written for each episode. But for SpongeBob, they actually kind of flipped the script, so to speak, where they crafted an outline and created storyboards. And do you know what storyboards are, Ezra? Yeah, like little things they do, like when they create early drafts for scenes. Right, so they literally draw out early versions of scenes on boards, thus storyboards. So they create the outline, then they create the storyboards, and then they add the jokes that they're going to tell throughout the episode. If you watch an episode of SpongeBob, it's not really too story-driven in the same way that other shows might be. They can tend to be very chaotic, and I know that people who don't like SpongeBob, that's a criticism they have of the show, is that it's just too crazy and too many random things happening all at once, and it's just hard to follow. But for our generation, Ezra, like that's the kind of humor that we grew up with. I don't know. It's the kind of humor that we latched onto. And I know, I know, yeah. I'm saying the show over the years since its beginning in early years has taken the world by storm. And in 2004, there was a movie they did, the first film based on the show called the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. SpongeBob and Patrick in the film go on a journey to find the st- King Neptune's stolen crown in a lost city called Shell City. <laughs> And Plankton was plotting on getting his revenge, and he sent out a creepy bounty hunter and mercenary named Dennis to kill SpongeBob and Patrick. I haven't seen the movie, so, like, what do you remember about it? Like, what what were some moments that stood out to you that... Like the song that SpongeBob and Patrick sang when they were men? Now that we're men, we can do anything now that we're men. We are invincible, now that we're men. We'll go to Shell City, get the crown, save the town, and Mr. Krabs. Now that we're men, we have facial hair. Now, now that, that we're, we're men, men, I changed my underwear. Now, now that, that we're men, we got a Like, they got, must, they got fake seaweed mustaches. But I also found a lot of parts of the film kind of creepy when I was growing up. Like, they dried up in the gift shop, I remember I always found very creepy. And the Cyclops, that pretty scary diver. So I'm saying it was funny and clever, but also a little creepy at the same time. So why was the gift shop creepy? Because it had 
dried out sea creatures, but when the water comes down, they all come back to life and they all turn animated. Because that movie, it was hybrid live action with animation. Nickelodeon movies before did theatrical films based on shows like Rugrats, Wild Thornberries, and Hey Arnold. It was originally initially planned to be the series finale, and it was the last major SpongeBob thing that Steven Hillenburg was the director of. Yeah, and I think there had been three, four seasons of SpongeBob by that point. And so, yeah, he saw it as the finale for the series, but Nickelodeon decided to keep producing episodes and they're still being made 20 some years later. That bill, I know, which was considered a critical and commercial success, came out during the same time as the original Incredibles movie made by Pixar and also the classic Christmas motion capture film Polar Express, I remember. It was a big success, and there have been a lot of things it's become, like a lot of specials and things, like a stop-motion Christmas special called It's a SpongeBob Christmas, as well as over a decade later, it got another one, another movie called the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water. And it was live action. It had SpongeBob and Plankton teaming up to find the Krabby Patty formula, which mysteriously disappeared, which Plankton was not the one who did it. And then their world becomes a dystopia. And and then they discover the one who stole the formula was a pirate named Burger Beard, played by Antonio Banderas. And then they become superheroes. SpongeBob and his friends become superheroes on a boardwalk, I remember. Later this year, there's going to be another one called the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run. It was going to be out this month, but got, because of the virus, it got delayed to July and then August. And I think soon they're coming out with a spin-off show, correct? Called Camp Coral. Yeah, and that's going to be, it's like a prequel of sorts, because it's going to be focusing on SpongeBob when he was a kid. The show has gotten way more beyond that. Like, it got a musical for Broadway. It got other things like comics, a bunch of video games. And there's a video game, the classic SpongeBob video game, which was really popular and called the SpongeBob Gorepants Battle for Bikini Bottom is going to get a remake next month. Did you ever play it? Not that I remember, but I remember it being a popular game and I'm excited it's getting a remake out next month. Cool. Netflix is developing a spinoff based on the show, according to what I've read. And I think it'll be a spinoff about Squidward. Interesting. That'll be interesting to see. Because I think Squidward is one of those characters, he's just inherently grumpy. So I'm curious about how they'll make that grumpiness tolerable for a whole show. So that'd be interesting to watch. I know, and I remember some of my favorite episodes, which always made me laugh since I was a kid, were ones like the pizza episode when SpongeBob sings the Krusty Krab pizza song. The fourth Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episode when Mermaid Man accidentally leaves his belt at the Krusty Krab. Oh, and that's the, it's the one that... Yeah, it changes your size. Yeah, kind of in a way, like kind of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Remember one of the funniest that was always made me laugh was the chocolate episode when SpongeBob and Patrick were trying to sell chocolate and Tom, who's one of the recurring Bikini Bottom Fish residents who appears throughout the show, screams, chocolate! And that's instantly become an internet meme and it still makes me laugh today because at the time it was thought that like oh this guy was reacting this way because he hated chocolate something about him just enraged him but as it turned out he actually loved chocolate and he was just so excited and he wanted to buy all the chocolate from spongebob and patrick i remember yeah always been amusing to me growing up and it still is today and 
funny is that there's even been official SpongeBob merch based on its own internet memes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's taking that to the next level. I know. Yeah, so I mean this show has resulted in a lot of classic moments and a lot of fan favorite moments that I I mean I still quote SpongeBob to this day. It's definitely left its mark on me and it left its mark on a lot of people my age so it's just one of those shows thank you so much for listening we hope you liked this episode as much as we did if you like what we do consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond if you do you will get access to exclusive content so be sure to check it out in the meantime, we have a trivia question. What cartoon show from the 90s originally premiered on Nickelodeon, but later moved to Disney? So if you know the answer to the question, be sure to give us a shout on Facebook. Or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later.